Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 31 of the Cannabis 101 podcast and the first uh, of the new year. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, we did have a year in review episode, but the uh, first uh, episode that we get back to the basics of this program. This is going to be a bit of a shortened show compared to some other ones. Um, that My household is a petri dish of sickness right now, so I'm just trying to get through this and then uh, relax a little bit. So we will return to a full-blown show next Wednesday. But just remember, with this program, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy, educated, and entertained by this wonderful plant. On the show today, really looking forward to bringing you this conversation with Michael Elkin, the Canna Broker. You can check him out at www dot cannabroker.com and that's c-a-n-n-a-b-r-o-k-r so broker without the e check it out at uh, cannabroker.com he's got a great backstory and a real good lesson in persistence if you if you want something uh, to go out and get it so uh, it's an awesome conversation that we will bring you in a little bit what's that strain with chris ionson we're doing original stash today an affordable ounce it's really, really exciting news. Less than $130 for 28 grams. And we're also going to discuss with Chris, who is obviously the manager of the Jasper Ave location of Nova Cannabis, and he's our educator. Uh, he's going to tell us about some of the products you can expect next week as far as edibles. And it's not just chocolate bars. Um, coming soon as well, there'll be some CBD teas, drinks, uh, vapes down the road. So lots of excitement uh, for season two. And uh, Chris and I will discuss original stash as well as what's coming down the pipe for season two. We also have some contest winner announcements. Really excited. Two contest winners uh, will be announced today. We're also launching a, a contest. We'll have a giveaway for you a little bit later on in the program. But as we start every show, let's get uh, let's find out rather what's your groove. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Weed is awesome. This is great. This is the bee's knees. So when I say what's your groove, I want to know if you're grooving anything, a.k.a. Uh, some cannabis while you're listening to the show. Maybe you're smoking a joint, you got a bong, I don't know. Uh, you're Maybe you're just using some CBD, uh, just trying to relax, uh, maybe you've had an edible. Tell me what it is you're going with. Uh, what are you using? What strain are you going with? Right now, I'm really excited. I've got some pre-98 Bubba Kush uh, from Quest. It's a pre-roll. Uh, it's a one gram pre-roll. It's a little on the pricey side, uh, but I think it's worth it every once in a while. Um, and, you know, pre-98 uh, Bubba Kush, that's uh, 
you know, a, a pretty important time in cannabis history. And a lot of people say it's, you know, before it kind of got genetically altered and, uh, I like it. It's a relaxer. Uh, that's what I'm going with after this show. So I can chill and recover, um, get rid of this sickness. I have a Lebowski bath waiting for me. That's what me and my buddies call when you, you take a J into the bath. Uh, so I'm ready for that. I've got a nice little setup in there. I'm going to watch some uh, stuff on the iPad, chill out and, um, Enjoy the rest of this uh, pre-98 Bubba Kush uh, that I don't get to during this show. Um, some terpene information for it. It's got myrcene, gives it kind of an earthy, uh, some say herbal t- uh, taste. Limonene presides, uh, provides that um, uh, citrusy, zesty uh, taste. And uh, my favorite, caryophylline or caryophylline, caryophylline, uh, depending on how you say it. I've heard it say it a lot of different ways. I don't care how you say it. I just love it spicy peppery uh, cloves it's really really good so without further ado uh, let me fire up this uh, pre 98 bubba kush i uh picked it up when i picked up my uh original stash that we're using uh for what's that strain a little bit later so uh, get your groove on Some say it's got a bit of a coffee taste to it as well. Uh, but anyway, I like it. Uh, pre-98 Bubba Kush is uh, what I am going with right now. As always, check out Lobo Genetics and get your DNA kit with a 50% off promo code Cannabis101. All one word, Cannabis101. Cannabis101, rather. Uh, use that at LoboGene.com. It's kind of like having your own personal bud tender. I mean... You want to be happy? Boom. They recommend strains for you um, that will put you in that mood after you do the swap. So what you do is go to lobogene.com, enter the promo code CANNABIS101, get 50% off your DNA kit. You get the kit, swab it, send it back, and boom. You have your own personal dashboard at lobogene.com where they can tell you what, based on your genetic makeup, Strain is right for you for your particular need, want, mood, etc. Like I said, it's it's like your own personal bud tender. So use that promo code cannabis101, all word, one word, at lobogene.com and get 50% off your DNA kit and personalize your cannabis use. And before we get into our cannabis question, uh, the cannabis character cup has wrapped up. It's over. The dude. Jeff Bridges from the Big Lebowski narrowly beats out the man, Tommy Chong from Up in Smoke, in the final. We had 65 matches, I think, 65, 66 matches, and 50.8% for the dude was the final. So he won by 0.9%. We will dive into this a whole lot more next week. We will pay tribute uh, to both finalists and, of course, the champion, the greatest cannabis character of all time, the dude. You mind if I do it, Jay? You do whatever you want, man. You are the greatest cannabis character of all time. So uh, check that out. If you want to see the whole draw, uh, head over to www.cannabis101podcast.ca. Click on the contest section. There you will be able to view the entire bracket of the cannabis character cup Uh, it was a lot of fun uh, doing that this is the 
Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Just before we bring in Michael Elkin, the Canna Broker, www.cannabroker.com, and there's no E in broker, so it's B-R-O-K-R. We're going to ask you the cannabis question, and we're going to start something new in the new year, and that is we're going to have some kind of reward for you participating in the cannabis question. Uh, we've been accumulating some uh, cool prize packs. Some of them might be big. Some of them might be small. Who knows? You'll know. You'll have to participate to find out. Uh, this week, up for grabs for our cannabis question is a harvest storage box made by Mood courtesy of our good friends at Spirit Leaf Argyle. That's up for grabs just for participating and chiming in with your answer on any of our social media feeds. And the question is, what are you most excited about for season two? Some provinces already have it. Alberta, next week. Edibles will be in stores across Alberta. Drinks soon to follow, including teas, and then vapes on the way after that. So what is it that you're most excited about for season two? Just for chiming in, you could win a harvest storage box made by Mood, courtesy of our good friends at Spirit Leaf Argyle. So let us know on any of our social media feeds, and that is a following at the Cannabis 101 on Twitter, at the Cannabis 101 podcast on Instagram, at Cannabis 101 podcast on Facebook, and you can even email us, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. That's cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. All of that can be found at www.cannabis101podcast.ca. I'm looking forward to the teas, the CBD teas in particular, something that I can have midday if um, you know I need to relax a little bit, take the edge off, not be... Um, um, high, uh, so to speak. Uh, so that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm a big tea guy. Obviously it, uh, I try to t drink as much tea as for my voice as possible. So that's what I'm looking forward to. What are you most excited about for season two? Uh, just for participating a harvest storage box by mood courtesy of spirit leaf Argyle could be yours. Now this is a, uh, you have to be able to come in and pick this up in the Edmonton area at Spirit Leaf Argyle. So that's the caveat. Uh, we did give away another box uh, recently and we did ship it out. This is for the local listeners. In the Edmonton area, or if you're willing to drive to the Edmonton area, you will have to pick this up in store at Spirit Leaf Argyle. So tell us what you're most excited about for season two and you can have a brand new harvest storage box by mood courtesy of Spirit Leaf Argyle. And finally, what goes well with is anything that pairs well with cannabis and that is prizes. This week, we have a prize to announce. We have two actually, we'll do one a little bit later, but congratulations to our 420th follower contest winner. We put up a video on Twitter. My wife picked a number between one and 420, we counted back, and at Jill underscore Pollard is our winner. Congratulations. You've done it. Can you dig it? I said, congratulations. You have won a Cannabis 101 podcast prize package. Can you dig it? <laughs> 
I can. So uh, we've been accumulating uh, different things. There's going to be a variety of things in this prize packet. So congratulations to at Jill underscore Pollard, our winner. We will be in touch and we will uh, be shipping this prize package uh, to whatever location you would like us to send it out. So there we go. That's one out of the way later in the show. After What's That Strain, we'll announce the winner of our 12 Strains of Christmas contest. I'm really excited about uh, handing out a brand new bong to somebody for that one. Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Very pleased to be speaking with Michael Elkin, a canna broker, and that's uh, C-A-N-N-A-B-R-O-K-R. You can visit him at www.cannabroker.com. Michael, thanks for joining me. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast. I I always like to um, get a little bit of a backstory from my guests because I think most people in the cannabis industry did something before the cannabis industry. So tell me what was life before uh, you got into this industry? What was it like for you? I was actually spawned into this industry. Didn't you know I, I was grown in a greenhouse there, Dean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the definition of, uh, of hybrid lighting. No, um, that's, that's a terrible joke. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been in the space since uh, it goes back to about the summer of 2013. And, and before that, um, I, w- I, was, I, was, I was a salesman. I, I did uh, B2B marketing sales uh, in like 2010, 2011. And then in, uh, in, in 2012, uh, I got a business tip or sort of like an industry tip about um, um, security camera technology that was going to be uh, migrating from a traditional coax cable to the newest and latest grade technology, which was being able to run cameras through an Ethernet cable and uh, essentially a camera becoming a computer. So um, I, was, I was thrust into a little bit of mini entrepreneurship. And I started a, a tiny little security company with my brother-in-law uh, out of Montreal. And um, we, we kind of looked for the fastest way to, to make the business a success. And, and what that idea was, was to be able to just rip and replace old cameras and install new cameras. And the fastest way that we thought to do that was to penetrate the retail market. So in, I think it was the, the summer, no, the, the winter of 2012, we launched the security company and we, we got a couple of big contracts for some retail stores. And uh, in nine months, we, I think we ripped into place something like 10,000 cameras throughout, uh, throughout the East coast of Canada. And, you know, the business was a big success. And um, I was, I was in, in, in business with my now brother-in-law and we had a little bit of like uh, conflict and long story short, I, I decided it'd be better for my marriage if I gave my brother-in-law the business and uh, I would take sort of uh a sort of a sabbatical and, uh, and and not do anything. So I think that was the, that was January of 2013. So we lasted about a month working in, in business with family and I wished it well. And, you know, to fast forward to this day, his, his company is a big success and, uh, and he's doing great. So um, I didn't work after I, I got into the security industry. And then in the summer of 2013, my wife's godfather, who was the original guy who gave us the idea for this, for this business, 
Um, he ran a, a national um, security integration company based out of Ottawa. He was one. Of, he's one of the biggest um, contractors for the Canadian government, and he knew I was a very good salesman, and he saw what I did with this small idea, and he convinced me and my wife on our one-year anniversary to move out to Ottawa and to go and work for, for him. So I love the idea. I was pretty bored of Montreal, so we moved to Ottawa, and I started working for, for the, the quote-unquote the godfather. <laughs> um, and uh, I did very well. You know, there was, there was lots of private sector opportunity. He had been this big, you know, security contractor for the government. And, um, and everything was going great. And I remember driving to work one day. I, I want to say it was August uh, of 2013. And I, I hear on the news that this company buying a, a Hershey factory in Smith Falls, Ontario, and is going to turn it into medical marijuana. And I, 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 I stopped the car and I was like, I, I was like, what? Um, and then I, I started to do a little bit of research and I came upon the news that the conservative government and Stephen Harper were going to launch a program called the MMPR. And um, it just so happened I was 45 minutes from this Hershey factory from Smith Falls. And I was like, you know what? Like, screw it. I'm going to go to Smith Falls. So I drive the 45 minutes to Smith Falls and I I show up and I, I look at this massive facility and it's run down and the fence is depleted. And I remember this big water tank that had the Hershey sign on it and it was like all rusted. So I... I spent a day at the Hershey factory that, that day and I was walking around the facility on the outside and um, I decided the next day I would go back to the Hershey factory and I would, I would, I would again like just scope out the facility and started to read up on what the MMPR was and I noticed that you know, in this licensure, in this, in, this, um, in this process, that security was gonna play this massive role that you know, the government was mandating you know, two years of on-site video storage and uh, you know, cameras in, in every square footage of this facility and card access and, and, and card readers and alarms and motion detectors and fence detection. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking at this, you know, two, 300,000 square foot facility. And I'm like, wow, boy, does this look like a prison. <laughs> and then I, I put two and two, not even two and two together. I was like, you know, here I am working for the largest correctional services integrator in the country. Right. Um, and, and would I be able to do, put together a design for this facility and know, you know, I'd be able to take these, the mandated um, physical security requirements to the team back in Ottawa. And long story short, I, I showed up, I think it was five days in a row. And I would literally show up there about eight o'clock in the morning and I would, I would leave about six o'clock at night and, and I'm in my car and I'm on the outside of the car and I'm, and I'm, and I'm marking off what the building looks like. I'm, I'm going back and blah, 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 blah. And I, I remember on, on one of what turned out to be the last day, I'm, you know, I'm quite persistent. I would be knocking on doors. I would try to, you know, find who, where Tweed's office was. And it wasn't at the Hershey factory. It was in Ottawa. And finally, um, I'm, I'm banging on this door and this guy opens the door and he like, he shouts and he's like, dude, what? what do you, what do you want? What are you selling? Uh, he's like, we've been sitting up in this boardroom up in the corner and I, we've noticed you for like five days in a row. And you know, we're, we're short of calling the police. We're just curious. Uh, you know, what, what do you want? And I'm like, Oh, hmm. I'm so glad you opened the door. Uh, my name is Mike Elkin. I work for a Marcom systems group based out of Ottawa. We're the largest security integrator for the government of Canada. We do this, we do that, blah, 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 blah. And you know, the, the health Canada has mandated that you have two years storage and you need cameras here, you need cameras there. And, and he's like, so he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. We know we're, 
we're actually talking about that right now and you know your timing is impeccable and uh, <laughs> that that guy that opened door was Chuck Rafici and you know he yeah. uh, I went into the into the facility and I met him and you know the whole team and you know there was guys like Bruce Linton and, and Brian Greenleaf and you know early early guys and, and there was absolutely nothing it still smelled of, of chocolate and it was it was run down and um, from from that day in in August, um, I ended up working with Tweed and working with Chuck and closely working with them and uh, putting together a design for the facility. And um, Marcom was uh, contracted um, as I think one of the first trades that was brought on to Tweed. And we actually did the integration for their first ever grow room, which was licensed, which turned out to be um, adjacent from the actual boardroom that they had their, hmm. their project team located in. So, the facility wasn't even um, retrofitted and they, they literally, um, we were hanging cameras and Ryan Douglas, who is their original master grower, was wheeling in um, um, uh, grow shelves to put clones and, wow. and cuttings on. So that's the, that's the inception of, um, of me into the cannabis space. And I remember, I remember it was about, I remember the date because it was, it was October 20th and I was in Hamilton. It was October 20th of 2013 and I was in Hamilton at a college uh, trade show and I got a call, I believe it was from Chuck or from Brian Greenleaf, the ops manager, who was like, we got to go. We got to go now. They're, they're going to give us our license and we need the cameras. We need everything set up. And I drove from Hamilton to Smith Falls and met the, our, our, our labor team there and, and went into like, I think it was something like 36 hours straight of, of the cameras and the doors and, and everything to get that room ready. And I think it was something like six days later, they got their, their first license. And, and then, and then I was like, <laughs> I had that kind of aha moment like mm-hmm. I did with the cameras and the retail. I said, wow, you know, if, if this is what um, is going to, is going to be mandated by this government, then there's a real opportunity to, to branch off into this new market. So, um, I remember after that doing a ton of research into finding out like, where are the leads? You know, like, how do I, it's like, not everything was being announced on, on the radio back in 2013, 2014, there, you know, the, the press releases and the, and the, the sort of swell of the space that it is now was nowhere near um, what it was. So I, I started to find, you know, little bits and pieces of trade shows. And what I did was I, I kind of put together a business plan of, knowing that these guys really had no money at, at the stage that they were looking to, to work with us. Uh, you know, back then, as it is a lot like now, a lot of things were contingent on a license. So, mm-hmm. you know, you get that story, you know, I've got this investor, he's going to give us $10 million, you know, once we get uh, the license, right. or we get uh, ready to build. Uh, and I, I promise you, we'll do, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll work with you. I just, I need the help now. So um, fast forward now to June of, of 2014, I put together this whole business model of being able to act as a consultant, excuse me, um, with the applicant and not charge them anything because I was more interested in the installation and the selling of the job. So like I would wave, I would almost sign them to a letter of intent saying, listen, I'm going to act as your consultant. I'm going to do your, your proposal, your, your drawings. I'll do any type of emails and liaison with health Canada when it comes to security. And then, you know, I have enough confidence in my part of the application that if I believe in, in your side of the application, then there's no reason you shouldn't get a license. 
And what I'm really interested in is installing 300 cameras mm-hmm. and, you know, wiring up 50 doors and installing a, a petabyte server into your facility and, and wiring a million dollar vault than I am in $30,000 worth of consulting. Right. And this, this was like music to their ears because they want, you know, in, in that time they, they needed consultants. They needed people that could write an application and, and, and that's what, you know, their sort of mandate was. So I, I chased guys like John Fowler. I chased guys like Adam Moore and I chased guys like, um, the Delshin group, uh, early people from green organic Dutchman, um, you know, on, you know, guys like Kronos and I, and I, I literally hounded them and, you know, while they were always being pitched, you know, like investors and stuff like that, and I was like, I would, I would come to them literally with my tweed binder. And, it, you know, it was the security proposal for, it was the tweed design. And, and I would have it and say, I'm the guy that got these guys licensed, mm-hmm. you know, from a security side. And, they, and they'd be like, okay, what do you want? And I'm like, I want nothing. I want to do all your consulting. I want to do all the design. I want to do all the proposals. And I, and I want you to sign a letter of intent with me saying, you'll give us the installation. And for them, they were like, done. So, I remember, and it was funny because I posted a picture the other day of me at the 2014 trade show where I met John Fowler. And I remember I had the tweed binder in our booth at that show and people were like, yo, we'll buy the, we'll buy the design. I was like, no, I'm not selling the design. Yeah. I'm, I'm, here to get, I'm here to get clients. Um, so from 2013 to 2016, um, I think I designed about 50 um, facilities and I think we installed something like 20 or 25 um, facilities from 2013 to 2016 and created this whole new um, division for Marcom Systems Group and did um, quite a bit of revenue for, for installations and built up my network and, you know, really um, prided myself on being relentless in terms of like chasing these guys and being able to deliver on, on what I preached. And, you know, you ask anybody that I work with, it's, they'll tell you the same thing like man he, he's he's relentless and he's he's nonstop and he's a little bit of a pest but <laughs> like when he says he's going to do something he does it and i'll take that any day of the week like call me annoying call me a pest but at the end of the day i'm going to deliver what what you're looking for you know so i'm just going to say yeah, on, on from the outside somebody might say you put a lot of faith in those companies following through because, uh, you know, not everybody, uh, is an honest business person, but from what it sounds right. like from you is you put a lot of faith in you knowing that if you delivered, they would deliver. But you have to understand something. My vetting process for a secure, for to, to do that at that time was like, I was like, show me bank statements, show me like who's on your board. Uh, like sell me why I'm giving you forty, fifty thousand dollars worth of consulting and then I'm gonna do that for you because I trust that you're gonna do this for me. So it's not like I was out there telling anybody, you know, like, come mm-hmm. I'm gonna do your proposal and like like when I met John, you know, he was with uh you know, he had a team behind him and um like he he explained to me how he was a lawyer and it was so funny too because when I started working with John, my what and so uh, not to go on a tangent but I totally always go off. Um so my wife suffers from fibromyalgia and that was sort of like my North star for this space going, mm. you know, for me, it, it's definitely about making a successful business and I love what I do, which means I'm never working, but for my wife to be able to consume cannabis legally, cleanly, uh, you know, one day where she can get up and either take a pill or a capsule and know that she can be out of pain. Like that's, that's my long game. Yeah. My, my micro is like make money, you know, work with amazing companies, but 
my end result and my, my unconscious drive is because my wife, you know, suffers every single day and she's been experimenting here and there and it's, we haven't gotten it down because the science isn't there yet, but I'm, I'm part of that machine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if I'm empowering people that I believe in, then they're, and, and they have these sort of beliefs. So it's funny because I remember John Fowler was the first person that introduced us to a proper doctor that was able to kind of steer us into like strain mm-hmm. um, specific medication or, you know, how does her endocannabinoid system react with this or with that? So, you know, here I am. Yeah, I want the contract. I want this. I want that. But, you know, here he is going, hey, Mike, call this doctor or, you know, it's it's my gateway. It's my entry into creating a relationship with these people, which is really what I'm what I'm after. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm a relationship person. I, I, I enjoy the, the, the give and take in business. And there's nothing better when you're working towards the same goal. For right? sure. For sure. So if I'm vetting these people and, and I'm doing everything I can to get them the license and they're doing everything I can to get them the license, then we're, we're, we're on that same path. So that's sort of like was my mantra, right? Like I need to believe in your company. It's the same thing that I'm doing today. Fast forward and, and, to, to, to segue that into how, where I went from. So at the end of 2016, um, I was a little bit, I had a little bit like I'd outgrown my position with the Godfather and his security company. And, um, we decided to part ways and I got hired by hit one of his competitors that didn't last very long. And in November of 2016, I had gotten a call from Health Canada or an email from a recruiter who was hiring for Health Canada for a project manager for um, the, the, the Office of Medical Cannabis. And they were looking for someone to run the security division. And um, I decided to pass on that, on that opportunity and it killed me. And it was my father that kind of shied me away, away from working for the government. And it was the best thing he did because in the, the two weeks after I turned down the job, which is in middle of November, I got this LinkedIn um, direct message from Brian Wagner, who owned a company called NHP Consulting. And it was funny because um, through my application and consulting days at Marcom, I was always brought into a larger application as a security consultant. So the same way that like guys like David Hyde would be brought into an application, I was, I was the same way. So I would join an already existing application and I had seen his name and I had seen his logo going around. So I knew who he was and here he was at the end of 2016 saying, you know, he wanted to hire a, an in-house um, security consultant. And would I, would I be interested? Actually, would I, would I know anybody that uh, would want the job? And I was like, and I remember I was like, man, I don't want to be a consultant. Here I was a, a salesman for my entire life. Right. I was like, and my wife was like, no, you don't understand. You can stop selling. You can, you can stop the, the, the door knocking and the cold calling and the, you know, the cold emails and you can just, you know, consult for existing applications. And I was like, wow, what a, what a novelty. So I remember this huge deliberation with, with Brian, who is, uh, I consider one of my, my mentors in, in life and in the space. Um, and he's, he's, um, were communicating and he literally he gave me everything that I wanted from Health Canada that I didn't get from Health Canada and he really wanted my expertise and he's like you know I I have such a small team we were, there were four people and he had this 
these hopes of launching a cannabis specific consulting company. And I, I love the idea. So, um, I joined, I joined NHP consulting literally, I think it was December 26th of 2016. And, um, and I became uh, the security consultant for NHP consulting. And then I remember in, in April of 2017, um, we launched CCI, which was, I think seven people. Um, and I was, we were, you know, I was one of the founding members of, of that company. And, um, I've spent uh, close to three years with, with CCI and the mo- the, the best uh, working experience I've ever had in my life. It was, you know, we were, I was able to, you know, help grow a company from seven to, I think when I left, it must've been 115 and, hmm. um, you know, revenue, I think he was doing like $250,000 when I joined. And, um, <laughs> one of our best years, I think we did upwards of, of 20 million in, in one wow. year in terms of revenue. And, you know, that was spread out across, I think seven countries. And, um, I think we had something like 111 or 112 clients. We had filed, uh, over 300 applications. We had gotten, I think 80 something licenses. Uh, we were building, helping build about 26 facilities across the country. And, um, and it, it there too, it was, I, I kind of like saw myself hitting a ceiling and, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a process guy. I'm not a polished corporate guy. I, I didn't go to business school. So I kind of like said to myself, you know, where, where am I going to be in two years from now? And where do I see this company going? And it was funny because I knew um, they were going to get acquired or, or he was going to partner with somebody. And it wasn't from like only my inside information. It just, it just makes sense. You know, we were one of the ultra successful companies in the, in the space. And it just made sense, especially for what has happened over the last four weeks with Deloitte acquiring them. So mm-hmm. um, I couldn't be happier for Brian. I, I know um, he is arguably one of the most genuine, humble, modest, polite, respectful um, people I've ever met. And um, nothing but amazing things to say about working for him and really creating a relationship um, over three years of working for him. So I left in May of 2016 and I went and joined high noon or high 12 brand, which was put together by a couple of other cannabis people. And I spent May till December helping them set up their supply chain for both here in Canada and California. And they're, um, I, I think on the cusp of launching SKUs here in Canada. Um, and then, and then in, I, I had just, a just a moment of clarity, literally in, 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 I think the first week of December, um, or last week of November, I, I had a, a, a moment of clarity and I, I felt it was, it just wasn't a great fit for me to be full time with them. Um, and it, it took a lot for me to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to, you know, take some time away and work on stuff that I want to do myself. And it was a great, um, ending and, you know, I helped them get ready for what should be good things and great things for them. Um, and I just, I just thought, you know, it's a time in this space where, you know, what did I, I said the other day, it's, it's, it's when the bomb goes off and, oh, I said, why, someone said, why are you going to a trade show? And I said the same reason why I went to the MJ BizCon. I said, because it's like when the bomb goes off and you either find bodies or you find survivors and the people that you find that are survivors are, are people that you want to create relationships with because it's like, the, you know, in such a short time, we've gone from the highest of the highest to a, a quite a low place right now. 
So I think the next year to two years is really about who your friends are, who you partner up with, and being able to diversify and differentiate yourself from what everybody else is doing through the same business model, which means everybody has a license that is in the space. Everybody is growing or extracting. Everybody's got a vape pen. Everybody's got a flower. But what sets you apart? And I think I can add a lot to a select core of, uh, of businesses. So, you know, with that being said, I, I decided to sort of, not sort of, I decided to go all in on, on myself and what I've seen and what I've done over the last six, almost seven years and sell myself to a couple of companies, five to be exact, and say, you know, we've worked together in some capacity or I've chased and I've hounded you in some capacity over the last X amount of years. And if you've seen what I've done and you've liked what I've done, do you want me to try and do that for you? And that was really my pitch. And I think I pitched um, 13 or 14 or even 15 companies. And, and I, I landed on, on five and I got to a position where um, I have some people on the waiting list. So what I'm doing is, is that sort of, is that model is I'm working with these companies. I'm being integrated into their companies on a, a retainer basis. And I'm, I'm, I'm assisting them with the boxes that they're looking to check. And I'm bringing a fresh batch of boxes to their sort of, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, arsenal. Mm-hmm. Meaning like if, if I'm working with a company that like, look, we need to move a hundred kilos a quarter. We're looking to rent out 10,000 square feet of our space for manufacturing. Um, and we need to set up provincial uh, relationships. I'm like, great. And then I'm saying, you know, have you thought about being able to move oil to uh, the EU? Um, have you thought about bringing up a California brand and doing a licensing deal? So I'm saying, look, I want to know everything that you're trying to achieve. And then I'm saying, hey, have you thought about this, this, and this? And the way I did that and the people that were receptive to that, we automatically see eye to eye before we've even started, right? Because the cards are on the table and I'm saying, look, I'm not going to bring you anything you don't want because I'm listening to what you want, but I'm saying, here's something you've never thought about. And it seemed to go really well. And I, you know, I landed on, um, I'm representing Weed MD. I'm representing Bold Growth, which is another LP of Saskatchewan. I'm representing Meta, which is uh, a huge retailer. Mm-hmm. I am representing ZigZag and the marketing company that owns the rights to ZigZag in Canada, along with a couple of other big brands. And then the last one, oh, is Ojai Energetics, which is a California company um, that has the proper technology for water-soluble um, oil into beverages. And I'm in the midst of a massive um, deal with those guys. And it, sh- it should be public knowledge at the end of January, but there'll be a, a very large JV that comes to Canada um, based up, off of Ojai and a couple of other big partners. But yeah, that's, that's sort of where I am today, um, January 7th, 2020. Wow. It's a, it's such a it's such an interesting story and one of uh, persistence and and as mentioned uh, you can check it out at cannabroker.com and that's uh, canna c a n n a broker b r o k r 
Com. And uh, I, I think it's amazing because um, you, you've, you've had all this different experience. So you're not just limiting to yourself. You know, what you might be doing with uh, zigzag is not going to be the same as what you're going to be doing with somebody else. You kind of tailor yourself. Uh, it, it's like, listen, um, uh, I don't know if you're an NFL fan, but the Baltimore Ravens tailored their game yeah. around Lamar Jackson. They, Lamar didn't say, Jackson. they didn't say, Lamar Jackson, no. you have to fit into this system. You can fit into kind of anybody's system almost. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's a great example of, a, of an amazing coach um, who understood what he right. had yes. and say, look, I need to maximize what I have. These are the cards that I've been dealt. So, you know, what do I do and what do I add? And, and the analogy, what, an, what a great analogy that is, the opposite of that is Tom Brady, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the Patriots. Because here they, and I don't want to get off into too much NFL, but here they were going, this is what we have, which is Tom Brady, and they didn't scale properly around him, right? Mm-hmm. So and that's a bit of a disservice to Bill Belichick, but I don't want to get into the Patriots. <laughs> but yeah, no, Lamar, Lamar Jackson is a great analogy because they talked about how Harbaugh really went out, you know, and, and Ingram and the linemen, and, and right. they said, look, this, he's, he's, a, he's a run first quarterback. So if we run first and we actually get him to throw well, well, now here's a, a double-pronged sort of attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, so, and yeah, that, that's what you kind of – you 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 have to be able to adapt to the, the company you're working with. Yeah, it's you know, they're, they're there for a reason. They've, they've achieved what they've achieved for mm-hmm. a reason. And, and I want to play to their strengths. Like, I'm not going to – make a vape pen company make edibles. Right. It's just exactly, not going to yeah. make sense. You know? Okay, it, but then they can diversify. There's ways to, to go about that. But, you know, you it, and it all, and it's always believe the best, be surrounded by the best. Like, you have to, the best thing that I did was, listen, and, and you can hear, I've said this to everybody, like, I'm the dumbest guy here. And now, really, working for myself, I'm the dumbest guy here. Right. But I said that to people all the time. You know, when I worked at the security company, I was surrounded by these guys that have designed like maximum penitentiaries that could house, you know, insane criminals. I'm like, I'm like, I hung, I hung cameras in our den or in the garage. Right. You know, like that was my security clearance was get into a shopping mall. You know, so and it was the same thing at CCI. These, 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 uh, our reg team that would run like uh, one guy ran four narcotic facilities in Canada, you're only allowed by law to run two. So I would, that's how I would sell myself. I'm like, I'm, I'm the dummy here. And people are like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, what does that say? If I'm, I'm telling you that I'm the dumbest guy here, how amazing do you feel? Mm-hmm. You know, like they would be like, no, you're super smart. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> but no, not like that. I'm like, yes. And these people that are working for, for you and for us are even smarter so, you know, that's, and, and I'm doing the same thing now, you know, just by myself, but I've looked for that in the companies that A, I'm working for. And one thing I did very well in this space was, can I swear in this podcast? If you feel like it, yeah. I, I haven't, I've never fucked my name. I never fucked anybody. Like I, I delivered. And if I didn't have the answer, I was the first person to say, I don't have the answer. And I would get somebody on the phone that, that would have the that's answer. That's such a smart so thing. Ah. Like it's, it's the, all, every corny, um, saying is, is, uh, appropriate in the cannabis space. It's whatever cheesy thing you want to say mm-hmm. is, is, is like activated in this space because a day is a week and a week is a month and a month is a year. And it's as fast as companies go public is as fast as they're closing. Yeah. So it's like, you're 
you're only as good as your last job and you're only as, as I say it all the time. It's what other people say about you. You know, when I, um, I, I, I had, I have references on my website and those references go back to, you know, four or five years of working with these people. And, you know, for people to say, you know, like I would hire myself or he's, he's relentless and he cares about his, his clients. It's like, I'm, I'm beyond transparent. I'm the same guy now on this podcast that I am, you know, when I wake up tomorrow and I, and it all, it goes back to like being grateful. And I had, when I, when I took the job with NHP consulting in December of 2016, I had that aha moment. I knew what, what my transition in the space was. And I knew that being hired by Brian, what we were going to create and, and where I was going to be. And, and from that moment, I kind of adapted and, and, be, and started to live a certain lifestyle where like, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm like holistic and organic. And like, I just, I live in the moment and I, and I carry a certain methodology and a routine to my life where it's, it's, it goes back to like, I'm never working because I'm so passionate about what I do, which is why I'm quote unquote successful because it, it's, it's that adage of when you love what you do, you're never working. Like I do the same thing for my clients and I'll, I'm going to give, I'll give you a really quick story. Um, I, I was in California, my first go around in 2018 for CCI and I was sent down there on a two week business development, um, sort of mission that turned into four and a half months. <laughs> and what I was doing was I started working with American companies trying to do compliance for them in the States. But what happened was it was, three weeks after California had just gone legal and they didn't give a shit about compliance. Um, their lawyers were writing SOPs for them. So them talking to a quote unquote cannabis consultant, they mm-hmm. were like, go, fu- go fuck yourself. Yeah. And you're Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah, that I really like head in my, like whatever head in hand or whatever you say. Like I, I really, you know, like tail between my legs. I felt like an idiot. So, I was like, man, I really love California and I got to figure a way to stay here. So I said to the team up in Canada, I said, what if I got the American companies to come up and get a license in Canada? And they're like, I was like, what were the logistics around that? They were like, well, they would have to train to create a Canadian entity. And then for sure they could file an application. And I said, well, what if I could get those companies to get a partnership with uh, Canadian LPs? So long story short, it, they were like, yeah, go for it. So, I started pitching like some of the biggest brands in California, you know, companies like Select Oil and Papa and Barkley and Kiva Confections and Lowell Smokes and um, uh, Loud Pack. These are huge, huge California operators. And I would go in and I would be like, listen, um, you know, for, for X amount of dollars, I think I could file an application and get you guys to go public up in Canada. I mean, to get a license up in Canada. And then you guys could go public up in Canada and then you can use Canada as a springboard for Europe and, you know, I'll find you an LP partner and you guys can do this and you want to build a facility. And, and the pitch went off with, with like flying colors. I landed Select Oil, I landed Papa and Barkley, I landed Kiva Confections, I landed Lowell Smokes. And then, um, and then I got to one of these clients and he was a huge operator. He was like, he was like, yeah, I like the idea. I want you to send me references. I want you to send me who you've worked with. I want to know your success, right? I want to know this. I want to talk to this guy. I want to talk to that guy. And I was like, I was bending over backwards for this guy because uh, I, I wanted to work for him. Now I remember where I was going with this story. So <laughs> the guy was like, would ditch me on phone calls. Anyways, 
I I decided one day I was going to end the relationship and I, I wasn't going to work with this guy and I was going to rip up this half million dollar U.S. consulting agreement. And I get him on the phone and I was listening. I was like, listen, Ben, you know, I, I, I appreciate the opportunity, but, you know, at this time, I'm, uh, I, I don't think it's a good fit. And he was like, excuse me, what, what do you mean? I was like, you know, like, I have to chase you and you're standing me up on calls and, uh, and this and that. And he screams at the top of his lungs. He goes, he goes, listen, buddy, I'm not looking for best friends. I'm looking for a fucking consultant. I said, Hey, Ben, I am looking for best friends and I am looking, you know, for people that I want to work with. And if that's not your motto, you know, your motive, then we have no business together. And I literally, I ripped up the contract and, and we didn't do any business. And, and what I took from that was like, I want to care more about the companies that I'm working with than the actual people that work mm-hmm. for the company. And that is, is, is why I think I've been a success. And I said this the other day too. I said, I'm thinking about your business when you're not thinking about your business. And you can take that two ways. Like, oh, you're telling me I'm not thinking about my business. I'm saying, no, if you're sleeping, there's a good chance that I'm thinking about your business. And, and, and that's what I did at the security company. And that's what I did at CCI. You know, I was, insanely accessible to a fault. Like I would answer the phone at all hours and I would, you know, and, and what was great was that my wife understood, didn't understand at that time. And then now, you know, she's, she's, she's put up with my crazy. And, you know, after after seven years in the space, but really the three years at CCI where, um, you know, we spent four months in California and we, she saw the, you know, the growth of this company and my, my position in the space and, 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 started to just accept it and say, you know, you are what you are and you're a little bit neurotic and a little bit crazy and a little bit over the top, but you know, you've been able to to provide us with a life and, um, and yeah, you can't put a a price tag on happiness. It's it's sort of like what my ethos. Well, for sure. So that's sort of, that's, that's sort of my, um, my motto for the counter broker. All right. Uh, you're going to be appearing at Lift & Co., uh, which starts uh, this Thursday, depending on when people are uh, checking this out. Uh, but uh, Lift & Co. Vancouver Cannabis Expo uh, starts on Thursday. Um, what can people expect? First of all, where and, and when can people find you to, to listen to yeah. you? And, and what can they expect um, when they come to uh, Lift & Co.? Yeah, so I land, I think, 10 uh, PST on Thursday. And my panel, I, I, it's um, something about the lessons we can learn from California. Mm-hmm. Um, and the panel's at 3.30. I think it's Hall A. Um, and I'm, I'm really going to be, it's not even a panel. I think it's more of a presentation I found out. So I put a bunch of slides on a PowerPoint. I'm just going to be going through um, sort of my history in the space and my experience in California, really like off the cuff and informal. Like I said, I'm not a process guy and I'm not a, a click and point guy. Um, so I'm going to be doing that and then, um, you know, walking the floor Friday and Saturday, meeting up with clients. Um, and I'm like, I'm, I'm super accessible. I love talking to people. Um, so yeah, if you see me, stop me, um, and say hello. What, what do you love about, um, that process that you just talked about walking the floor, meeting people? Is it just the fact that, you know, you never know when that big next idea or big thing that's going to change your life comes from a handshake or a conversation or a hello? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, 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 I selfishly, like, if you're not there, you're, if, if you're not there, someone else is there. Right. So, you know, and, um, it's a hunt. And I love, I had nothing but um, understanding why I meet someone. And I'll give you another great example. Um, WeedMD is one of my clients. 
And I chased them for arguably about four or five years to work with them. And I said this too on Twitter the other day. I said, it took me four years to sign my first can of broker client because they were the first ones that signed with me a, a few weeks ago. And it was, it was amazing because I, I knew um, Bruce when he, um, oh, when he ran the Weed MD and Keith Merker, who's been there for, for a while now, George Scorsese has, has joined that team too. And these are guys that, I, I, I call them quote unquote like white buffaloes, you know, like I've hunted them mm-hmm. and I've had numerous meetings where um, I remember sitting down with Keith at MJ Biz two years ago and I was like, you know, TTI can do this for you and TTI can do that for you. And he looked me down in the face and goes, nah, not interested. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, listen, you know, I, I appreciate you sitting down and, and now here you are fast forward and I go, I get it. I go, I understand why um, the turning of the soil and, and the hunt, how it pays off. So, I treat almost every relationship as every handshake, whether it's the garbage man or, or, you know, a CEO of a giant company the same way, because it's that old adage of, you know, you never know when it's going to pay off. So mm-hmm. if I'm the same person in every relationship and in every interaction, then when it pays off or if it doesn't pay off, I'm, I'm, um, agnostic. What should people expect, uh, when they attend Lyft and co the Vancouver cannabis expo starting on uh, Thursday, you know, you know, what sort of things are there, um, uh, for the general public? I think for, for this year, unlike any other years, you know, we're on the, we're on the, uh, on the, the doorstep where we're actually, you know, we've experienced the launch of cannabis 2.0. So I think being able to see a bunch of different SKUs that LPs will have on, on display is going to be interesting. Um, I, I go back to that sort of idea about the, you know, the bomb being off. So whoever is actually at Lyft this year has a purpose to be there because, you know, it's a time when a lot of people from the East Coast are not going across the country, whereas last year or in, in years past, you know, it was the flavor of the day to hit every trade show. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember this time last year, I was working at CCI, you know, we, would th- we, were th- we threw a massive party um, for this trade show. And, and now um, I don't even think CCI is exhibiting. Hmm. So it shows what changes in 365 days. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and you know what? The future uh, of legalization, as you mentioned, um, you know, 2.0 or season two, whatever people uh, name that, that they want to give it, uh, is is kind of wide open right now. We we had flour and we had oils and capsules, and now we're bringing in, I think, a whole new, different consumer. And, and I always use this analogy. If you never smoked cigarettes or you never smoked a joint, the idea of lighting up a joint is disgusting. And, and now this is a, a next wave for that consumer. What do you think the future of legalization will be like uh, as we approach this second season? See, I, I'm a proponent of believing that we get to where we want to be but we can't get to where we want to be if we don't go through that journey. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's no branding. Yeah. It's, it's low levels of, of THC for, for edibles. Uh, accessibility is at a, is at a minimum, but you know, we have to go through this. So I, I'm a believer that we get to branding, we get to different dosage. Um, we get to wide open retail. Uh, I think that once the states federally um, regulates and, and they become legal from coast to coast, then we can have inter, uh, inter-country trade, I, I think will be uh, available. Um, but it's going to take time and it's going to take smart people. And um, I, I think as a consumer, I would like nothing more than to be able to experience this type of market for the first time. And I think you're seeing that. Uh, it's the same thing in the States. You know, they're only, they're only experiencing second year or third year of, uh, of their legalization. 
And, you know, go to any dispensary on Wednesday, like a random Wednesday at 9 o'clock at night. It's packed with people that are not your traditional um, smokers or consumers. And to me, that's the best part about legalization is being in a dispensary and looking at someone going, you know, this is your first time here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever you're taking home is like, you know, honey, I, I brought home something to try. So, yeah, I mean, you know... Anheuser-Busch still put Budweiser in the back of a, of a horse and buggy and pedaled it, you know, a hundred and something years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no kidding. And that's, that's a reality, right? So this is not stuff that's made up. It's just we're going through that in, 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 in the year 2020 where, you know, everything is, is, is tweeted and, and storied and connected. But, you know, simpler times were, were simpler times. For that's, sure. my, that's my idea. Yeah. How about the uh, the year that um, you know we've uh, you know a year and a bit now? Uh, but how how do you think our country has handled it? Because there's a lot of eyes on Canada as being the uh, um, basically the first uh, first world country to to do this. Um, what do you think about the job that Canada has done? There obviously has been some hiccups, and if if you thought there wasn't going to be hiccups, then then I got some swampland in Florida that I want to sell somebody, but. There had to be there had to been bumps in the road. There were bumps in the road. Do you think it's uh, smoothed out now? And 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 like you said before, there were some highs. There's a lot of lows. This is a long game. If you're in this for the quick buck, you're in the wrong industry. What do you think yeah. so far about legalization? I think again, it's almost like it's 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 almost like what's going on now with the LPs, where you're seeing a ton of people either exit from those companies or you know changing the guard and new people are brought in. I think, you know, what was started, you know, essentially back in 2013 as a medical program, where we've gone in, in five to six years is nothing short of amazing. And, you know, I, I, and, and nothing is, is easy. And I was in, um, I was in Sacramento when California was on the cusp of, of Jan 1, 2018. I think I was there at the end of 2017. And I was sitting in the regulators, one of their buildings, and I think they had a staff of 34 or 35. And the director of the Bureau of uh, Cannabis Control in Sacramento, she's like, uh, she's like, Mike, you know, because they had brought us in for some some minor consulting. She was like, she's like, see the building across the street. She goes, that's our new building, and it was I think 20 stories up and huge campus. And she's like, she's like, so what? What extra do you think we need? And I go, <laughs> well, who's moving into the building? She goes, the, 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 the 35 of us. I said. Huh? I said, I think he needs like 600 more. And she was like, yeah, that's our sentiment too. I said, well, where are they? She goes, we're working on that. <laughs> I said, that's, you know, that's, that's something that, that can be easily um, understood. It's, you know, one of the biggest gaps in this space is, is humans. It's being, it's having policymakers, it's having people that are regulators, having people that are looking at applications and, and licenses. You know, these are businesses that are coming on by the week and you're, they're writing the rule book while they're playing the game, or as Brian Wagner would say, we're fixing the plane while we're flying it. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's, things happen, things change in the moment, nothing is done perfectly. Yes, we're having recalls on vape pens. Yes, there's uh, people getting caught illegally growing, but they're being caught illegally growing. The recalls are happening, so the machine is working to mm-hmm. some extent. Is it working flawlessly? No. 
show me one regulated program or one federally regulated program in another country that that's working flawlessly. And I'm not saying that like, Oh, someone's going to say, Hey, you didn't know about this. I'm like, well, no, I didn't know about that. But thanks for showing me that. All I'm saying is there's growing pains and there's, there's things that we have to learn. And you know, if you're not, if you're not there, if you're not in it, you're not, you're not in it. So um, I think it's, again, we're going to get better at everything that we are doing. And this program is here to stay. And, um, you know, I, where, I forget where I was, but, you know, we'll, we'll end up with something like five or 6,000 retail point of sales in this country. I'd say in the next, I'd say probably about five years, hmm. there's going to be a couple thousand of dispensaries. You know, in Ontario alone, there should be about 2000, sure, yeah. you know, Quebec, Quebec kicking and screaming will eventually oh. open up or, just dump a ton of money into opening up SQDCs like on mass. Um, and the West will continue to do what the West is going to do. So I think it's a numbers game. I think it's a moment of, it's a, it's a time that we have to get to. Um, but I, I'm going to have a lot of fun getting there. You know, it's funny out West, um, the river is flowing, uh, with cannabis stores and it seems like out East, there's a bunch of beavers that have dammed things up and it's just trickling through in Ontario and Quebec. It's just, it seems so silly. Didn't you know we're the best in the East? I mean, come on. Like, like, I, I, you know, it, it was, it was funny because I remember when, um, I, I forget what it was, but. This is the oil. I think that the cannabis, the, the way the retail is shaping up in, in Alberta is, is the gas guys going, fuck you. You know, they got fucked over by yeah. the, the oil stands. And this was, this was them saying, you know, we're, we're not going to have it. We're not going to take it again. Um, and, and it was, it was the inner inertia of that province that is leading the way right now. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, okay, so Michael will be appearing at the uh, Lifton Co. Vancouver Cannabis Expo Thursday, 3.30, and you can also find him at www.cannabroker.com. That's C-A-N-N-A-B-R-O-K-R.com. Michael, this has been a really, really fun conversation, and uh, I hope we can do it again sometime. Yeah, man, I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity, Dean, and you can follow me also on Twitter at, at MMJMikeElkin. What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator. Another edition of What's That Strain? episode 31 of the cannabis 101 podcast it's uh, been a little bit a little while since we've uh, chatted before christmas when we uh, did the marathon 12 strains of yeah. christmas night it took so much out of us <laughs> we had to wait until a year later to to hang out again yeah, that's right. Yeah, into the new year, but uh, yeah, it's good to be back, Dean. You betcha. Chris Ionson is our educator and uh, the manager of the Jasper Ave location of Nova Cannabis. Uh, how is things going at Jasper Ave? I love the graffiti art that you guys have yeah. on both sides of that store. For for people that are uh, very familiar with downtown Edmonton, it is the old Earl's building, is it not? Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's a standalone uh, building, which is awesome. We've got a parking lot, two parking lots. Yeah. 
uh, which is great uh, coming from my white ab location where it was uh, uh, pay parking and, yeah. uh, and parking was a little bit uh, scarce there. So uh, it's nice having our own uh, individual uh, parking. We're a standalone building too. I think uh, I might be the only one in the city for that. I, hmm. I was talking to one of my reps today and I asked her, I said, do you know of another cannabis store that's not in like a strip mall or, you know, attached to something else? And she couldn't come up with that. So I think we might be the only standalone cannabis store in wow. town. Um, and you're right about the graffiti art. Uh, we get comments about that all day. Uh, local artist Jill Stanton came in. She spent hours and hours and hours uh, working on that stuff. And, Beautiful. and, uh, and her pal AJ did uh, another wall too. Uh, pumped how that looks because you see it from the street. Because uh, we're able to, it's not technically inside the store. That's so, right. Um, we're playing by the rules there. And it, all the windows in the store are frosted, so you can't technically see in. Um, but uh, beautiful building. Um, I got a big back area too, which I like. I, mm -hmm. I want to get some uh, some hockey nets. Uh, <laughs> I got room for it. <laughs> recreate clerks or yeah, something like floor, that. Floor eh? hockey. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So today we are doing. Um, it's an it's a little bit different. It's OS one thirty. Uh, it's a sativa, and the cool thing about this, the OS stands for original stash. And we'll get into 130 and what that all means, but it's 28 grams. I couldn't believe this uh, when I uh, came in to pick this up. $129.95. An ounce for less than $130. So it's OS 130 Sativa, 28 gram pouch for $130. Uh, it's, it's very impressive. Uh, so let's talk about Original Stash, which is uh, under the Hexo umbrella. Yeah, for sure. Uh, original Stash, they, so we just saw it last week uh, available in, in Alberta. It's been in uh, Quebec and uh, I think it was in Saskatchewan too in Ontario. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's an ounce bag. So we're getting 28 grams of, of legal, uh, you know, properly grown cannabis mm -hmm. uh, that you can trust that Health Canada's approved. Uh, and um, yeah, with it, I mean, the original stash, they're doing a hybrid sack, an indica sack and a sativa sack. And they're also doing uh, one strain only or or they're going to be doing two strain bags as well. Oh, can mix it up a little bit. I, you know, and I've talked to you about you with uh, with you before about that. I took Blue Dream and Hawaiian and mixed <laughs> them together one time. And I was like, do other people do this? And I was like amazed that so many people do this. And it's, it's you know, I, I don't do it all the time, but it's kind of fun to um be your own uh, experimenter of uh mixing strains every once in a while yeah i, I do it quite a bit uh, i remember when i first started get experimenting with uh, cbd only strains right. so i would get uh, like the aurora uh, temple uh which is like very low in thc but high in cbd and yes. i mix that with high thc stuff oh get the best of both worlds those joints are, were always nice for me uh because i'd feel the effects in my head my sure. body it was just kind of the full package that's a great idea i'm gonna actually do that i bought Trish, my wife, some Aurora Temple for uh, Christmas, actually, yeah. uh, for can of Christmas. So I might have to steal a little bit from her uh, to get that going. So I, I like that. Affordable, good quality weed. That's what everybody has been screaming for. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. It's uh, it's we've been waiting for this for a while. People come in and they ask, you know, what's the biggest package you have? And for, for a while there was we had seven grams, yeah. and then I remember Hexo came out with a fifteen gram package, which was really cool, and people were pumped about that. And then we're selling, and then Hexo comes out again with this twenty eight, and uh, and I've I've got one of these at home myself. It was hard to say no to yeah. it. And uh, I remember like uh, first cracking it open and kind of expecting, I don't know what, I was expecting not what I got. I was expecting maybe a little bit more shake, mm -hmm. a little bit smaller buds. Dried out maybe. Dried out. It is fresh. It was all 
good sized nugs, uh, smelt delicious. Yeah, big uh, nugs. When you buy an ounce, as you know, lots of people have, um, you expect to get some big chunks. You're not not the size is everything, but when you're buying in in that quantity you expect bigger nugs and this definitely delivers um and and i like it they've got some um some i guess uh, core philosophies and i mentioned affordable good quality weed um but uh, under this original stash they've got some good models yeah totally uh so you know first one is uh, quality weed totally legit I really like that. It, it sums it up pretty good. Like you're getting a very good quality bud for a great price. Right. Um, it's also for fans of the flower. Uh, it's, I kind of like that. Uh, and then it's also authentic and uncomplicated. So it's just it's just straight it's up. Just simple, good weed yeah. uh, for affordable. And listen, they're, they're, the whole point of legalization, um, if you ask the, you know, the federal government and anybody else, is to stamp out the black market. That's right. And, and this is original stash. This is their attempt at doing that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and they're giving consumers exactly what they want. Uh, quality cannabis that crushes black market prices, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, it's actually, I, I was into my research. Um, mm -hmm. I was looking into like uh, some, some more details on the original stash. And I found some some good quotes by uh, Sebastian St. Louis, the Hexocore's uh, CEO and co-founder. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and what he mentioned was, you know, it is uh, becoming increasingly difficult for the average consumer to distinguish products that are legal versus those that are not. Uh, illicit cannabis distributors have gone as far as including the mandated Health Canada warnings and THC disclaimers on, on their packaging, which is total BS, uh, you know. Like, uh, that's like putting lipstick on a pig there. Yeah, like, well, it's fraudulent. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, so uh, as he mentions that, he says uh, illegal cannabis websites are well built. Uh, they allow consumers to purchase online and products are delivered to their doors. But we know that illegal cannabis products can and often contain heavy metals, pesticides and other contaminants. And he says that concerns me deeply, which mm -hmm. I like that he's concerned about it. I, I am too, uh, you know, and I, I'm all for, uh, you know, like I, I'm not anti-black market, but I, I get it done right, uh, grow it properly. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think there's probably a way that the federal government can include some black market growers and bring them up to regulation standards. That whatever. would and, be ideal. And I think a lot of them are probably there. You have to, pardon the pun, weed out the ones that aren't, right? Yeah. The ones that are using metals and pesticides. And, okay, you're not going to be regulated, but there are some really talented growers out there sure. that could join in. And, uh, you know, this is a way to, to weed to, this product, Original Stash, is a way to, okay, now I don't have, now I have this legal option. Yeah. For, for purchasing great affordable uh, for cannabis. And, you know, you there, there there is probably a way to work that in, however it is done. Um, and this is a, um, a, a way to say the black market can be competed with because yep. your, your biggest competitor, whether you're Nova or Fire and Flower yep. or Spirit Leaf or Plant Life is the black market. Absolutely. It's not necessarily each other, and, yeah. and this is a way to really compete with that black market. I love that quote, and, and, and I love it, and, and I love their three main selling points as well. Yeah, the three main selling points, um, lowest flower price per gram in the country. Like, just no, no one's beating it. It's, <laughs> it's under $5 a gram, uh, so that's awesome, and, and it's legit uh, good quality. It's, it's a hexo or mm -hmm. up cannabis uh, bud that they're putting into these bags. Right. Uh, and those are both two tremendous LPs with yeah. the known for their quality. 
So that's awesome. Uh, the second selling point is it, it comes in a 28-gram smell-proof, resealable, reusable, child-proof pouch. Hits, uh, all, hits all things. Yeah. Uh, it's good for uh, being able to reuse it, so it's not just one-time use. Uh, throwing out um, you know a lot of people are concerned about the smell and obviously we want to keep it out of the hands of children yeah definitely um, I also like that it, the size so um, I could you know f- get the air out of the bag here fold it up put it into my pocket yeah easily uh, and you know transport it that way uh, which is nice uh, worth commenting on the packaging I, we should let our listeners know about opening these bags up sure. uh, so uh, on the back side of it a lot of people just rip the tab and just try and open the bag just add from the tabs um, a lot of these uh, cannabis pouches that we've got have a little kind of opening underneath uh, on the back side. And on the Hexobot, the bag here, we've got a little like thumbprint. Right. And that's where you're going to want to open from. And, and it's just going to open your bag a lot yeah. better and cleaner. I've seen some reviews on these p- products where people aren't getting into them and they're complaining. But, but the instructions are right there. There's, yeah, there's three good-sized illustrations on, on how to open it. So uh, just, you know, when you guys are trying to get into it, if you find yourself, you know, maybe getting frustrated trying mm-hmm. to get into your product, uh, slow it down, take a deep breath, and maybe have a look because a lot of these packages will have a little illustration or instructions. Yeah, and then once you figure it out, it, you'll realize how simple it is. Yeah, totally. Uh, the third uh, kind of selling point that they have, high-quality safe cannabis, which everybody wants. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that that that's the goal, right? Yeah. That that, that goes to the heart of uh, Sebastian St. Louis' quote. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about. Uh, you know, it's it's we're, we want it to be done right. Um, and even he kind of with, with with his quotes here, I also found uh, just a little bit more. He kind of mentions uh, our aim with original stash is to disrupt the illicit market, educate consumers about the value of a regulated and tested product, and drive them to purchase their cannabis legally. Uh, so. I think that's awesome uh, because, yeah, it's right now that's a big thing. A big point mm-hmm. is is uh, people are saying, well, why would I come and buy it at the store when I can go to my guy and, you know, get it for this much cheaper? Um, well, now I, you can get and, it for this much can, cheaper yeah. and you know that it's... You know what you're getting. Yeah. You know it's been tested. You know what percentage it's at. Um, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that versus, you know, a Ziploc bag of, what is this? Right. I don't know. Like it's <laughs> so, speaking of that, you know, what strain do you think this is? It, it is not, there is not a, it's OS 130, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but this isn't a, um, uh, th- there is no name yeah. as for, uh, uh, a product uh, that they're telling us, I guess. Yeah, for sure. So, and they're not going to be advertising like what specific strains are right. in there uh, because uh, they might look to like switch it out. And and I get where they're coming from uh, on that front because they're putting it into an ounce bag and they're mm-hmm. selling it for you know less than five dollars a gram. So uh, with that, I have kind of some some guesses on on what I think it could be. Uh, it's definitely going to be a Hexor Up product um, based on the THC percentages that kind of matched up to similar mm-hmm. products, uh, the nug shapes and how it looked, and also the aromas. I'm kind of thinking that we've got some Hexohelios or maybe some Atlantis. Okay. Those are the two that I kind of, but, you know, don't hold me to that. Right. Uh, um, Just from your past experience yeah. with those different strains. And, 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 I, and I love that ability that you can look and be like, I remember the feeling I got from this strain. Uh, and that, that's the great thing about having you on this on this show is the ability to, to figure that stuff out. So, um and, and it, it, there's also some up products uh, as well that uh, th- could be thrown in here too, right? Yeah, I was thinking uh, Eldo. It might okay. have been some Eldo there, but uh, I think the smell kind of... There you go. 
uh, kind of triggered it off a little bit there. So, all righty. Um, I guess so. I guess it's kind of like a um, a mystery bag when you get it, but knowing that that mystery is some pretty high quality cannabis and you know yeah. what it's maybe maybe it's something neat for the listeners to to take home and try to kind of figure out from their past experiences what what they think it is too yeah uh, definitely um i highly recommend this to, to anyone looking to you know get really good value for some legal cannabis okay uh, so nice. uh, when we talk about history then uh it's a little bit uh, difficult for us to uh, figure out lineage. Um, uh, we, we, yeah. we, we, uh, we talk about lineage obviously quite a bit, but this is a little bit different, uh, difficult to narrow down. It is. It is. Uh, yeah, I can't really comment to the lineage unless I really know for sure. Right. Uh, with it though, I mean, I can kind of comment to the, the Terps, uh, after smoking it, I kind of definitely notice uh, kind of a peppery earthy, um, taste and smell mm -hmm. to it. So I, I definitely feel like the, the karyophyllene, the myrcene are, are both uh, going to be present there. Okay. Uh, and oddly enough, looking into Hexo and Atlantis, those are two terpenes that are present in there. So for sure, didn't kind of help distinguish again, which one it is, but, uh, um, able to kind of narrow it down a little yeah. bit. And, and if people want to find out a little bit more about, um, uh, Atlantis or Helios or, or Bayou, uh, which is Ugh. just a beautiful looking plant. Uh, they can Tasty head too. to uh, hexo.com. Uh, they have a great website yeah. um, with a, a lot of their, um, and rightfully so, award winners yeah. uh, that they have listed and things like that. Yeah. Who is Hexo? Um, you know, I remember their uh, their spray one product of the year in yeah, the, the first year. The elixir, yeah, yeah, that's a wonderful product. It right? is uh, yeah. so great. Website uh, hexo.com. I, I yeah. encourage everybody to check it out. And, it's aesthetic uh, too. I like the look of the website. Yeah, it's super and user friendly. You know what? You can go on there. You can grab your OS one thirty or maybe one of the other varieties. Yeah, you can grab your nug, compare it, and make your guess at what it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> they should do some kind of like contest where people submit what they think it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. That would be so fun. Okay. So TA or, uh, THC CBD uh, for this particular pouch, what are we looking at? The batch we got here with us today, 13.48% uh, on THC and 0.04% uh, on the CBD. Okay. And uh, probably we'll get into it later, but I'm just guessing not a beginner strain uh, being a, a sativa uh, mid-range uh, yeah. THC, so probably a good stepping stone, uh, yeah. stepping Interme stone Intermediate, yeah. for sure, uh, yeah. Okay, what's in a name? This seems to me kind of like throwback to pre-legalization, original stash. Like, you know, we, we all had our stash, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, whether you were staying at home yeah. uh, or you're hiding it from your, maybe, like I had a girlfriend that did not like marijuana, yeah. so I had to, in those days, hide my stash yeah. and things like that. I like that original stash. It kind of, it's like a throwback. Yeah, yeah, it's classic name. Uh, kind of makes me think of like the OG original yeah. gangster. Yeah. Uh, OS, the original stash. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I definitely, the, it's throwback to like pre-legalization yeah. where it was, you know, you had to kind of hide your stash. You did, yeah, exactly. Now, there is an interesting way when we talk about names in how they name each package, and, and that's kind of an interesting way that they do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We should get into that. Uh, so this uh, particular stuff that we got here is called uh, the OS 130. And so the OS stands for Original Stash. And uh, with that, so we've got the 
130. So uh, the one is going to be kind of uh, distinguishing if it's one strain or two strains. So that, that first number would be a two if it was a two strain package. So we've got 130. So we have one strain of sativa flower here. And the 30 is classified as sativa. Right. And 20 would be indica and 10 would be a hybrid. So if you had OS220, it would be two strains and it would be an indica. Yeah. So it'd be two it. indica strains. Yep. That's a really interesting way of, um, um, I think it also draws attention to them and sets them, sets them apart. It's a little bit different. So, you know, in, in a age where you cannot advertise a lot, this is a way of them distinguishing themselves and how they name it. I, I like it. Yeah. I like Pretty that. Clever. Well said Dean. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the, uh, the look, uh, I, I, when, when, when I first came in and saw this, I'm like, Big league chew. Uh, remember, you know, the gum that was in the package that you yeah. chew for like five seconds and then you'd have to throw it out because it lost its flavor. But, it, it, you know, I don't I don't want to say it's a tobacco chew pouch, but it looks it's like one of those pouches that big league chew came in. You sealed yeah. it up and you reach in and grab your chaw and put it in your mouth. So I, I do like the packaging. As we mentioned, it's easy to open. There's a thumbprint. There is uh, illustrations. Uh, so th the packaging gets an A plus for me in a, in a world of legalization where packaging has been questioned a lot. Mm -hmm. This, this passes it because you got to fit 28 grams in there. Yeah. You know, you imagine um, if they came out with 28 grams on October 17th, 2018, it, it would have been in a giant cardboard box, <laughs> you know, so they've refined the packaging and, and this passes the smell test. Yeah, it does. Yeah, Literally. definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's great packaging. Smell proof, um, easy to open when you get it open, as we mentioned, Big nugs. Yeah, absolutely big nugs. Um, yeah, it was great to, to see that. I wasn't expecting that when I got mine. Uh, look, too, on the buds, we should talk about you mm -hmm. know, the, co the color of the buds there. So we had the light and dark green uh, nugs there uh, with, you know, dark orange pistols. Can maybe that burnt yeah. orange. Yeah. Uh, really well trimmed. Uh, not, yeah, leaf, I, not leafy at all. Yeah. Um, not stemmy at all. No shake at all. It was all, you know, pop, nugs, yeah. like, bigger popcorn buds there. And uh, really decent trichome coverage too mm -hmm. on yeah. the flower. And it's not dry. Like, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say what I picked up a while ago, but I grabbed it, I opened it up and it like crumbled in my hand and it was really disappointing. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to say where it came from because I, you know, maybe may just been a one-off, uh, but yeah. this was not dry, you know. For me, anyway, I want to get it home, and I want to be—I want it to be a little bit spongy, right? You want like, to squish it? Is it nerfy? Is that a? a, a I good think term? that's a good yeah, nerfy. Yeah, yeah. a little bit of squeeze. You to want it. a little bit of squeeze. Yeah. You don't want it so wet, you know, yeah. or whatever. But a, a good and this was uh, this passed that test for sure. Nerfy's perfect yeah, <laughs> description is, yeah, yeah. for that. I like that man. Uh, okay, so we don't know exactly what terpenes are in there, but. You're yeah. pretty good at being able to do uh, pass the taste test and 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 identify what is likely in here. Yeah, I, yeah, I I think you know I want to say caryophyllene and immersing for mm -hmm. sure. Um, limonene uh, could be in there, or or, or nerolidol would be an, another option. Uh, nerolidol is kind of a terpene we don't talk about yeah. much on the show, and that's kind of got a bark and kind of piney smell to okay. it. Okay, and it's found in ginger and jasmine and lemongrass. All three things that are really good for you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, those would be the three there that I'm kind of kind of seeing, but that don't hold me to that. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of based off of yeah. my previous experience. Well, you but, know, it, it, if you get a peppery taste, you know, karyophyllene is in that there. That one right? I know. That one I feel yeah. like I know for sure because this 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 is definitely a peppery mm -hmm. uh, kind of spicier cannabis. So 
I want to say like Hell's Yes to Caryophylline beat me in there. And I want to say the Mercine too with that, the earthy flavor too. Right, right. Um, uh, yeah. Desired effect. Um, you know, Mercine, uh, some people often associate that with couch lock. Yeah. Um, but based on the entourage effect, Mercine in connection with some other terpenes and different things can not have that couch lock effect. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of sativas out there that are, you know, high in Mercine. Right. It's not... I mean, that's one of the characteristics of Mersine, but uh, that's typically on like the, those heavier indicas where uh, you can still get a sativa that's going to have Mersine in it that's going to still provide other effects. It's not going to, you know, glue, right. you, glue you to your couch. Uh, so the effects, uh, when I smoke it, uh, energized. Mm -hmm. It's very uplifting. Um, it's a very active sativa, but I do find, uh, so in my head, I'm active. I've got, you know, lots going on. I want to, you know, clean the house. I want to, you know... Be productive, uh, but it's also got really good uh, relaxing body effects to it. Okay. So I noticed kind of like um, if I had, uh, you know, a long day on my feet uh, or, you know, a long morning on my feet, I'm going to puff some of this stuff and uh, kind of takes that away. I find you get there's the full body relaxation. Yeah, uh, that kind of numbingness yeah. a little bit, uh, which I, I look for. And, and with that, I feel the the caryophylline too is, is going to contribute to that yeah. with it being the only terpene that binds to your CB2 receptors. Right. So uh, that was that was super awesome. Um, it's super functional though. It's super functional. Sativa yeah, like, what, we do this new thing. What's it good for, right? You know, what's that strain good for? And yeah. this one is good for getting stuff done, man. Yeah, for sure. The the other day I cleaned my house hard. Perfect uh, for chores. Three loads of laundry. Did the dishes. Uh, did my floors. And it didn't even feel like you know work probably because you were enjoying the ride. That too, right? I, I I had fun. I had a smile on my face the whole time because I, yeah, I, Put I had some tunes on. Yeah, yeah, I had the THC in my system. I had, you know, I was feeling good, but it, it was still like a good focus, a good drive you to get, get stuff, stuff done. done. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it wasn't like you were uh, um, washing rubber boots in the dishwasher, getting so mixed up, right? You were getting <laughs> stuff done, right? You know, see those cartoons. Okay, so uh, it's good for uh, household chores. Um, a, a good step up strain we should also mention as well that this is not a strain you should start with but uh, if you've experienced cannabis for a while and you're feeling like you're looking for the next level this would be a, a great one because it's not going to be terribly heavy on um, some sativas can be a little bit heavy. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, like a, a newer consumer to cannabis, uh, you're going to want to stay away from sativas, uh, I'd say like 10% or, or higher, like lay, lay off that, get into like the 8% stuff where you, yep. you got that kind of background buzz where it's not too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. and some blends with some CBD possibly yeah, as well. I think so. That's, that's going to be your best bet. And that's, that's what I, you know, when I talk to people in store, you know, we, I, we go through those options and definitely something like with a balance to THC to CBD mm -hmm. is going to be good for a new consumer that, uh, you know, maybe has experienced anxiety in the past consuming cannabis. That's right. That yep. CBD will really chill things Sometimes out. Sometimes there's, there's some, uh, you know, hard-hitting sativas that can uh, cause some anxiety. This does not seem, from my experience with this anyway, yeah, uh, me that, too. that this brings this on. So a good stepping stone. Okay, the taste test. I got the old uh, Gandalf. I call this the Gandalf pipe. It's uh, <laughs> a Cheech and Chong church warden pipe that I picked up. And Is that what they, they call it, the church warden? Yeah, this is, is actually a, called a church warden pipe from, I looked it up from the, from the days of the the uh, the, the guys the that are church warden had big beards. Yeah. They did not want to light their beards on fire. <laughs> That's totally what so it's for. The, uh, I call it the Gandalf, though, from, uh, yeah. from Lord of the Rings. So... As I fire this up, uh, tell me what I can kind of expect as far as a taste test. 
Yeah, so uh, definitely peppery and earthy. Those are the two main uh, flavor flavors that I notice. And um, hint of like kind of a fruit, a subtle like sweetness Ooh, to yeah, it. Yeah, a little on the exhale. I felt the yeah. uh, tasted the uh, the fruity, but definitely uh, um, the caryophyllene hits you right away. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to miss that. <laughs> yeah, it it really is. It's really it's really. Uh, uh, tasty. Um, you mentioned um, kind of like a woody, earthy, uh, yeah, uh, taste, and and um, you know depending on um, some of the terpenes that we don't know about, but uh, yeah, uh, I like the uh, the 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 hint of not overpowering sweetness. Yeah, just the just it's there, kind of in the background, hanging out. Yeah, yeah, it's a good way to put it. Uh, I find it's also super smooth too. That mm -hmm. is. Um, First couple times that I, I I hit my original stash bag, I you know rolled up some some joints, um, and they were smooth joints. So like you know normally when I get halfway through a joint, I kind of start to yeah. know, get a little bit of the harsher um, flavors where it's get, get gotten a bit resed up. Um, not with this, it was pretty smooth throughout. Um, so I did enjoy that. I dig it as well. Original stash one thirty from original stash under the Hexo umbrella has been. Our strain today, it is a sativa and it's 28 grams for less than 130 bucks. Really, really trying to take a bite out of the black market. And this is a good first step. An ounce for less than 130 bucks. Nice, easygoing sativa. Okay, so that's one product that obviously can be uh, purchased at your store. Season two, uh, uh, 2.0, the next step. Um, you know, some people got their hands on edibles before Christmas in other provinces. Unfortunately, we didn't hear, but next week you're telling me oh, yeah. some products are going to be rolling into your store. So let's talk about some of the things that people will be able to pick up at the uh, Jasper Ave location of Nova Cannabis. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's very and exciting. And all Nova Cannabis stores, I should say. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, Alberta wide, mm -hmm. uh, they're they're releasing it. So uh, yesterday I, I got my uh, order order list on you know what's available in the warehouse, and uh, yeah, to my surprise uh, i was uh you were they, literally they were a kid in the candy store yeah it was pretty exciting to see um yeah we've got some really neat options uh from some some lps that we know about already and some new ones too which is kind of neat mm -hmm. uh first off we should talk about uh aurora drift uh so that's a, a kind of a new line under aurora's uh umbrella and uh the drift is kind of going to be their their new kind of recreational cannabis line um with it they're doing uh, soft chews uh hard candies um chocolate cookies chocolate squares and flavors we're gonna see uh raspberry there's gonna be a sea salt caramel chocolate wow i love sea salt caramel yeah, man right it's so good i'll take all of them <laughs> I, I, you know what, when this order comes in, I, I'm, I feel like I'm going to like, it's going to get expensive, but I, I want to put like one of everything aside. I, sure. I got to try it, man. This, that's my job to uh, be familiar with cannabis. You, you want to be Willy Wonka here. I do. I do. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's funny. Some people come into the store and I'll, I'll talk to them and say like, you know, have you actually tried these before? And like, I've tried over a hundred of the strains we carry. Like I'm pretty, as familiar. you should. Yeah. 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 That's, that's my, my business, my, my job, my career mm -hmm. is cannabis. So yeah. I, I do want to know it. And you know, whenever we get new stuff and I always. And encourage try, your try, staff try, try too, once. right? Yeah, I, I do. I encourage my staff. And, uh, even, uh, if, if I pick up, you know, um, recently I picked up some, uh, Whistler's chocolate. Mm. Uh, <sighs> delicious i got some of that last week yeah uh, man that's good so good uh but you know pricier definitely yeah. uh, i think it's one of the more expensive eights on the market so 
I don't expect my staff to buy that and try it out. But, uh, but I, you know, they could all pitch in. Yeah, and actually we do that at my Jasper App Store. Yeah, we smart. just started that. We're doing like a pool where everyone puts in uh, $6. And yeah, and we'll, then know. everybody gets to try it and then they know what they're selling. Yeah, it, it helps too. It yeah. for sure That's does. That's a really smart way to do it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'll, I, I in the past too though, like when I've like finished a shift uh, with someone and we've you know locked up the shop uh, and I'll, uh, I'll say, hey, you know what? I've got that Whistler in my, in my trunk. Mm-hmm. Can I show it to you? And I want them to take a look at it, see the buds, smell it, mm-hmm. uh, so that you're familiar with it. I think that helps to, yeah. to really get to know your cannabis and help us to sell it uh, in an educated fashion. For sure. What yeah. else do you got coming in? Yeah. Um, so San Raf is going to be doing some uh, pineapple soft chews. Pumped Ooh. about those. I think they're going to be uh, five uh, soft chews per, per package, and they're going to be two milligrams. I guess we should, before we go any further, sure. talk about the 10 milligram max okay. that we're going to see on all the edible packages. Uh, and that's just to start. I think that a few people have been disappointed with that. Uh, like, so when you say 10 milligram max, it, is that for the the entire say chocolate package or uh soft chew package yeah. is that is that what, how it that is. works it's per package so yeah you won't ever see like uh you don't ever be able to buy like a 50 milligram chocolate okay bar. so can you buy a 10 milligram one bar or is it uh, is everything going to be split up it is going to be split up okay it'll be kind of uh chunked out into like uh four or five pieces and let's say a chocolate bar five and, two milligram pieces yeah okay or four two and a half okay. they might do okay. some microdosing too um I, I do know Tweed's doing uh, this uh, kind of a high, their high-end chocolate is going to be two uh, five-milligram pieces of chocolate. Oh, see, so, and, and that's good because, you know, there are people, um, possibly two people in this room, that have very high tolerances <laughs> um, that, uh, you know, two milligrams um, might not be enough and you might not want to be five pieces of chocolate where, yeah. you know, there are people with high tolerances that aren't going to get by with two milligrams. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They are, um, and we're not seeing this, this next, this next week, but the uh, tweet is coming out with a a drink uh, called deep space. And it's, it's a 10 milligram beverage that comes in a 222 milliliter can. So it's like a cold shot. Uh, that I'm a bit more pumped about cause I, you know, I don't want to consume, you know, four liters of, that's right. of beverage or eat, uh, 10 chocolate bars to kind of yeah, feel that's what I'm getting at. So, yeah. um, the, the deep space one is one that I'm pumped about. And they also, they're using a nano emulsification with their, uh, with their uh, dis- distillation of the cannabis. So it's just, it's going to, uh, hit you a little bit faster. The onset will be quicker. Ah. Um, and, uh, might have a little bit more punch to it too. So, um, what I was told uh, today was was like the beverages um, that we're going to see in the market are going to be a little different than the capsules and oils uh, in terms of just a little bit more punch to them. L I V I N. I like that, man. <laughs> that yeah. is music to my ears, man. Because yeah. there are people like us that you know require a little bit more THC, whatever it is, than the average person, and um, and I don't want like you to eat, you know, five pieces of chocolate. Yeah. And when I could eat one. So, and, and the beverages are going to be exciting as well. So, uh, okay. Uh, a few more. Yeah. I'll keep going here. I got a little bit of a list. Uh, so Tweed is going to be bringing in some, uh, Baker street chocolate bars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to be awesome. Baker street's a Hindu Kush. Uh, so good, uh, good on them. And I like that they're doing like a strain specific too. Yes, where it's, very know, much so. Not just the Indica or it's, Sativa. It, I just, I, that's the thing, you know, uh, and listen, I don't have as much experience with edibles, so I don't know if you taste the terpenes like we do when we uh smoke it 
Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not there yet, but I would like to know what I'm eating as opposed to just generic sativa, generic indica. Yeah. Yeah, so I, sure. I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's good on them for sure. Tweed, yeah. I think Tweed's uh, got their 2.0 stuff. Uh, they're, I think they're going to be doing it well. They'll, okay. they'll, they'll have some great products in the market. Uh, Tokyo Smoke, they've got uh, a Go 5 chocolate. It's a dark chocolate. Uh, Chowie Wowie. Uh, I love that name. Yeah, that's a great name. Uh, that's uh, that's under the Kanika, the Kanika and Tilray line. Uh-huh. Uh, so Chowie Wowie is going to be chocolates. Um, pretty pumped about them. I, they've, they've got some, uh, you know, 10 milligram THC chocolates as well as a 10 milligram, like 10 THC and 10 CBD. Yeah. So a little bit of a balance there, but it's kind of strong too. Uh, I've seen just images of what their chocolate look. It looks delicious though. It looks like they've got some like filler, maybe some nougat or kind of peanut butter or okay. something, something inside the chocolate to kind wow. of go with it. Chowie Wowie, pumped about them. Yeah. Um, every... Uh, every uh, E V E R I E, uh, they're going to be doing a CBD tea bags, uh, which would be pretty exciting to see. Uh, I really like that. I, I really like the idea of uh, you know because you know, I take THC uh, drops uh, in the morning and and uh, in the after in, in the evening, uh, but I like uh, that I can throw a tea bag yeah. with CBD in it into my and maybe throw some. Uh, uh, green tea in with it or something as well you or something and could, some yeah. mint and just oh I, I I'm a big tea guy especially my voice for the shows that yeah. I do I'm and I think the the world of being able to consume CBD in that way as well yeah it's gonna be awesome that's awesome yeah for sure so that's the every uh, we're also gonna be uh, C4A and they're gonna have some soft chews and chocolate and and collab as well is gonna have some soft chews. Uh, so all kinds of neat new fun exciting stuff coming uh, we're gonna have that stuff next week. Uh, I don't know, like, I'm curious to see just how, how quickly, if, if, yeah. if there's just a frenzy of people uh, wanting, if it just kind of goes a little chill. But yeah. I, I think that uh, every day at my store, I get at least 10 people coming Ask in. Ask about edibles. First thing I yeah. say, what's the deal with edibles? You know, we have to kind of let them know. But today was cool. We were like, hey, coming soon, guys. So yeah. that was nice to be able to say so that. So next week, this, what we talked about, uh, drinks on the way and vapes down the road as well. Yeah. Yeah, the vapes are going to be pretty awesome too. Uh, right now, you can get vapes in in BC, in Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. in Ontario, uh, Alberta. The Alberta kind of government wants to get the health stuff kind of sorted due out. Yeah, yep. for sure. So uh, hopefully, we see that soon. I know, I know it's kind of it's tough for a lot of the LPs mm-hmm. that have invested a, a bunch of money and, in their new vapes their coming vapes, out. Yeah. And now they got to kind of pause on that. So uh, hopefully, they get sorted out soon so we can see the vapes because. Uh, that's going to be awesome. There's some real neat products. I, uh, today I, I got to hold a PAX era Sweet. and with the pod too. And, uh, just it's great looking units. Uh, and I'm just pumped to see like a pink Kush, uh, capsule or tangerine dream or seven acres. Jean-Guy. Like mm-hmm. we're going to get some real good strains in those, uh, PAX era pods too. So yeah. it's going to be awesome. All right. So that's coming next week and we'll also have another strain next week on what's that strain now, today it was original stash 130 os 130 a sativa 28 grams for less than 130 dollars uh, certainly uh, taking a bite out of the black market chris as always thanks so much uh, have fun on jasper f thanks so much for having me dean all right that was a lot of fun to get back together with uh, chris ianson our educator and the uh, manager at uh, the Nova Cannabis Jasper Az location. And before Christmas, uh, Chris and I put together the 12 strains of Christmas. It was a, a marathon night of recording 
And our voices, you could tell by the end of it, uh, we're a little bit shot. Uh, but anyway, it was so much fun. And we asked you to list all 12 strains of Christmas and the winner was going to get a bong. And congratulations to Sheldon F., who on Instagram correctly named all 12 strains and now has won himself a new bong, a Grav Beaker bong, courtesy of the Cannabis 101 podcast. So, Sheldon, congratulations. We will be in touch on that one as well. And uh, that's going to wrap things up for us on this week's a bit of abbreviated show. Uh, big thanks to Michael Elkin, the Canna Broker, www.cannabroker.com and broker, there's no E, so it's B-R-O-K-R, cannabroker.com. Uh, he'll be at Lift & Co. this Thursday. Uh, so if you want to check it out and uh, Lift & Co. goes right until Sunday, we'll uh, maybe recap that one next week. And if you like this show, please subscribe and review. It's really important uh, for us to get some feedback from you. So enjoy the show, subscribe if you will, and please review. Let us know what you think. And if you'd like to be a part of the show as a guest or to advertise, simply email me at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode number 31. We're back again next week. And remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Mm-hmm.